With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello and welcome to the five-year plan pod extra, the final pod extra of pre-season 2021-2022. So lots of exciting chat. Uh, JD's here. How are you doing, JD? Hello, hello, hello. Yes, uh, do you know what? I'm feeling pretty good, actually. I'm sure we'll talk about the season. Maybe we can do some season predictions later on in the episode, but um, I'm, I'm feeling fairly positive and excited actually about glad Palace all over at the about moment. season starting. you could say i'm glad all yeah. over yeah <laughs> ne- well good. maybe i'm glad about 80 percent. maybe 80 percent all over does that make sense doesn't make sense no not really uh dom's here as well how are you doing dom i'm enjoying story time story time <laughs> with rob and jd talking about <laughs> crystal palace against watford because dom didn't go dom doesn't do pre-season uh, this is something that we need to discuss, I think, well, at some I'm always point. hamstrung by about early yeah. September. <laughs> Have you been to any pre-season games, Tom? No. No, is this just something it's... you never, you're just not a pre-season no, I, I, man? No, I do, but I felt as if I covered the um, the European, European Championships this summer and I didn't really want to suddenly go to watch... Yeah. A nice break oh, from is, football is, is always fair. a good break from football, isn't it? Especially it, it did seem to happen. It did seem to roll around almost the next day, didn't it? This summer, yeah. like it, there wasn't any. I should probably add that my break. employers didn't actually ask me to go to any, so I didn't follow it. <laughs> <laughs> probably telling me something about where my career is going. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was really glad the Olympics started pretty quickly after the Euros because it kind of distracted me from that as well. So oh, that was. It was good. Shall we? Shall we do a shout out to uh, oh, our, our Olympic e- eagle, Alex? Yeah, Alex Yee, uh, very, very impressive. Got a uh, silver medal and then a gold medal. So I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah, that is right. that's right. Yeah. So yeah, a fantastic achievement. Brilliant, brilliant work from him. I, I mean, honestly, just running 5K for me is hard enough, let alone doing what he did, which is swimming and, and cycling and running. So yeah, fair but play. But it was really what? nice because like, I think when these things happen, like football fans always like try and find any little bit of information. Oh, he grew up in Lewisham, got to be a Palace fan <laughs> and like claim him. But actually his parents were putting out pictures of him running 
in the old TDK shirts. And yeah. it's really lovely. Like, it genuinely is Palace, and his parents seem very proud of him as well. So I think that's... that's yeah, he's I thought he came across an fantastically eagle. well in the interviews as well, the post-match interviews. You should definitely try and get him on the pod. I think he's definitely a <gasps> podcast. That's a great... We shall we shall we make inquiries? Make yeah. some inroads, yeah. See if we can get them on. Great that'd idea. Really cool. Yeah, that'd yeah. be lovely. Uh, but yeah, so fantastic. Um, we're going to talk about Watford. JD needs to go uh, soon enough, so we need <laughs> to kind of get that that part of it ticked off. Um, it was a good performance, wasn't it, JD? The the Watford game. I'm not going because we're talking about Watford or anything, and I'm conflicted. Just to confirm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going because I'm basically doing, as Dom says, story time with my daughter. But um, to be honest, the best thing about having this cabin at the end of the garden is I'm quite far away from the house. So if they've forgotten where I've gone, then uh, I get a bit of a break. I'm just pretty sure he now. went out to get no pizza. <laughs> I swear he went to the toilet half an hour ago. Actually, that could be misinterpreted. Um, let, what was the question? Uh, the Watford game was Watford pretty game. good. I thought, I thought, do you know what? As Jim Daly Derby's go, I thought it was, I thought it was one of the better ones in recent years. For Palace, I mean, let's be honest, Watford looked pretty abject, to be honest. Um, I was saying, we sat with you and Andy during the game, um, and Andy's boy Freddie as well, which is his first game as a Palace fan, so uh, not a bad one. Uh, seemed like he enjoyed himself as well, so that was good. Um, uh, I didn't really recognise half the Watford team. Craig, I had to Google Craig Cathcart. I sort of, sort of knew I recognised him, wasn't who it was. Um, obviously, Danny Rose is recognised, but left out. We knew Troy Deeney came off the bench and scored. And I do know that... I'm not even sure if he was playing, but I know Buckman, the keeper, played in the Euros for Austria, I think. Um, apart from that, I, they look like a completely different team to the one that went down a year ago. Um, and they they offered... No, for a final pre-season game, they offered absolutely nothing. And I, and I think a lot of that was down to Palace being pretty organised, as we have done most of pre-season, to be honest, and, and limiting their, their chances. And I'm sure we'll talk about Gwehi at the back, who had put in another, you know, another very promising performance. Um, but if I was a Watford fan, and some people will argue that I probably am, um, <laughs> I would be pretty worried about this season because I thought they offered no hint of anything, especially going forward. So... Uh, but I'm not. I'm a Palace fan, and I thought we were. I mean, you know, whisper it quietly. I think pre-season has been actually really quite good in we've, terms we've... of a transitional period. The new players are coming; they look good, don't they? Guayhi and Gallagher came off the bench, and he's got an industry. So, yeah, Mateta looked good. I thought I- I'm quite excited. We've actually got a Watford fan uh, on the pod, JD. Uh, how? What did you think from a Watford, Watford perspective? <laughs> Brilliant. I've already done that. I literally <laughs> did that joke two minutes ago. You can't just. I, but I, I did it in a different way. So. I could pretend to be. Do you want me to pretend to be? No, let's not. Let's not. Let's not okay. that I would that, just say that I thought. Idea. I think we're terrible, and I think as a club from top to bottom, we're a complete mess. Brilliant. Um, so anyway, that was JD talking about And our about fans Palace. are terrible, <laughs> and our fans are delusional, and, <laughs> and they're all idiots. Um, and uh, anyone living in Buckingham who is a Palace fan is a legend. That's all I yeah. say. So I, I, yeah, it was. A, it was a really name your th- manager, you get... JD. Uh I mean, the one they've got currently or the one they're going to have in about six weeks' time? Well, well, let's go with the one currently and then the one that's going to be in charge when they come to us again in May. <laughs> okay. Currently, I'm going to say it's going to be something like... I mean, I literally don't have no idea, but judge it. I'm going to try and do an amalgamation of all the like, previous managers or something. But it'll be something like Munoz Rizeros or some, something like that. There is a Munoz the in there, actually. His, is there? his third name is Munoz. Or oh, Munoz. Not far, not far away. What is it? I think his name is Cisco, isn't he? 
Francisco Javier Munoz Lompa. Oh, wait, He's all about that thong, 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 thong. Terrible. Has he, has he come back? Has he been there manager no, before? No, that oh. was Kike Sanchez Flores, who is uh, a yeah. manager when we go to Vicarage Road in a few months' time. <laughs> but then it's Hayden Mullins, who's actually the manager of Colchester United. Colchester, yeah. Do you, know, do you know how I know that? Because for some reason, and Adam didn't tell me to, but I rewatched the entire EFL on Quest show. It took me... <laughs> Three days to watch it over the weekend. I've just finished watching it. But, you wonder uh, yeah. why you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, you know what, this season I'm going to make an effort. I'm going to try and watch more football than the Premier League and just get a bit of in tune with the EFL. And uh, it's quite good, actually. There's some, there's some good games. Don't have my there... hopes for the few season ahead, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just preparing us <laughs> for <Yeah>. May. <laughs> JD, is there some kind of EFL fantasy football that you're getting involved oh. in that you need to be that you need No, to be researching? but I am behind on my actual... Premier League. Yeah. Anyway, uh, enough of that boring chat. Can um, I ask some questions about Watford? <laughs> yeah, go yeah. for it. Given that yeah. I wasn't there and I don't care. Um, so t- tell me about the, the fullbacks again, please. I, I, I'm hearing talk that Tarek Mitchell is has been transformed into some progressive, attack-minded, uh, marauding wing-back. Is that the case? Is that is that based off his actual performance or the fact there's one gif of him doing a nice little flick on the sideline beating a I, I, I haven't winger. seen that gif. So have um, a look for that. It's really nice. Is it good? Um, but I, I I didn't notice him being particularly more marauding than possible. But I, I think he may have fallen into the Aaron Wambasaka trap of just being so good and competent all round that we kind of expect that anyway. And then actually opposition fans might look at that and think, oh, this lad's got a bit of everything. But we're already used to, oh, Tyreek's put a tackle in. Tyreek's bringing the ball forward. Like, I mean, there was I do remember in the first half in particular, I thought, I don't know about you, Rob, I thought Saar and whoever the right back was for Watford were particularly good down the left, actually, and, and um, really uh, pressing. But Tyreek seemed to be there for every tackle. There was one when Saar got all the way to the byline and Tyreek just timed his tackle perfectly. I think he even got a goal kick off him. So he's doing all the bits we expect him to do and used to, but I, I certainly didn't think, oh my God, he's turned into PVA. There was, I can't remember that. But again, he was, I mean, he's very, he's very good. I think PVA, it's one of those things you kind of have to balance out having a left back who defends and is, does, does what he can going forward. Whereas I think PVA, doesn't really know how to defend, but does a lot of good things going forward. So you end up in this kind of, it's a balancing thing. And I think, I think Tyrick is learning to be, the irony is actually that PVA would have been perfect in this kind of tactic Mm. in this, in this approach, because he would have covered that, that wing a lot, uh, very, very well. But I think Tyrick is gradually learning the responsibilities that come with that. So, Whereas I think earlier in pre-season, he looked a little bit like he was blowing from from having so much running to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked a lot more capable in this in this game, in part because he just he just kind of preempted. He did all, he did a lot of the part of the thing about being that kind of player is you do a lot of the running before you have to. So you kind of you get forward before you have to, and you get back before you have to, so that you end up being in position and ready to kind of handle whatever comes your way. Um, but I thought it was interesting. I, I, I mentioned this in the, the article that I did on the site where essentially when we have one of the, the, the fullbacks push forward and, and become an attacking four, like member of the attacking team, the, the op- opposing uh, opposite sided fullback tucks in and it kind of turns into a defensive unit a little bit more. And I think if we're going to start with Joel Ward, that you're going to see that the, the balance of play will be on our left side. It mm-hmm. will be Tyreek Mitchell yeah. who will be getting a lot of the ball going forward. And he, he was crossing it in nicely. Did I thought he had a good game. 
Yeah, you were right about you. You point that out during the game about the Wardy sort of tucks in when Tyreek goes forward and it ends up being almost like a three at the back. And you're absolutely right. That will happen more with Wardy tucking in and Tyreek going than the other way around because... I mean, Wardy, bless him, just doesn't have the legs to be obviously overlapping as much as Tyreek does. But you're right, actually, as you were talking now, I was thinking, oh, I do remember him popping, overlapping a couple of times uh, in the second half and knocking a few balls in. And I'm, I'm already thinking of last season, he, he knocked one in for Benteke against Villa, didn't he, where he popped up mm. overlapping. He was involved in Gyro's goal at Fulham, where he'd overlapped. So he does he does pop up into those into those little positions, which I'm sure is something that they, they've worked on. So, yeah, he does... He's still not, you know, you're, he's still not your PVA and your, your marauding essential left winger, but he clearly is working on that aspect of his game. And actually, as delivery goes, I think he's got, I think he's got a pretty precise cross actually, a pretty decent little delivery in from the left. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to see him work on that more this season and, and and maybe pop up with a few goals. And if if you know if Big Ben is as confident this season as he was, I don't, I think we might wait a bit before he's actually regularly playing. I think, but um, I suspect it'll be Mateta on Saturday, but. You know, if we can get some decent crosses in for a confident Big Ben, as he did on with the third goal on Saturday, yeah, it could be quite fruitful, actually, down that left side. I think Palace fans are going to have a lot to kind of look forward to in terms of just how we're going to be playing. And I think I think part of that, we're talking about uh, Gay. Um, so, uh, we, you, you mentioned him a short while ago, but he is he and whoever it is that's going to be partnering, partnering him at centre-back is going to make a a big difference in part because you have a player who has pace to recover, who is comfortable in possession, who's happy to kind of make these little kind of runs into mid, almost into midfield areas. Um, And it it, it then means that we can push up a little bit further, that we can leave a little bit more space behind our defensive unit. And then you've got that, that ability to recover in situations where we might need to, which is something we just couldn't do when you had just Scott Dan or Gary Cahill or um, even James Tompkins at the back, you just need that. You need someone quick who can play alongside one of those yeah. players, and that's what we've got now. So, well, we saw that a few times, didn't we? In the first half, that he recovered a couple of times. Gehi, where they, I want to say Hernandez. I feel like every Watford player is called Hernandez, but I think they had a Hernandez up front who popped in behind and gave recovered really quickly. And I'm guessing, I mean, Dom will know this more than us, but I'm guessing pace at centre-back must have been an attribute they were targeting with these players yeah. coming in this summer. I, I imagine so. I suppose the younger centre-backs you get, the, the quicker they generally tend to be. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask the other the, the other thing, the other topic was um, midfield. You mentioned delivery, but it was... I don't remember Jaya Reed about taking that many corners previously. He took that one for for Benteke, didn't he, and put the, put the ball in. Is Reed about presumably starts the season in in the middle of the midfield three? Does he, or does do, do you rush in Luca, whatever, whatever happens? They'll, they'll start. They'll start Reed about in that defensive midfield position. I think. I think he's he, I, I, he's made it his own position this summer. Um, he's looked very composed. I think it's really interesting. Uh, the, the set piece thing is interesting because, as you say, it, it, it wasn't something that he did a lot of, and yet this uh, this season he seems to be the one taking all of the corners and all the set pieces. Mm. The thing that's really interesting from from a Riedervald perspective is just the amount of kind of covering he does for the for the defensive unit. And again, as the other two central midfielders, as Schlupp and MacArthur, are pushing forward, you'll see Riedervald will drop. And, and kind of be that shielding presence. It's going to be really difficult, I think, for Luca to get into that team because I think Gyro 
I don't know. It, it, it's almost a position that suits him best. I think he's got, he's got pace that, again, the recovery pace is there. I think he's one of the quickest players in the team. Which is surprising, yeah, really, because he's told me such that a, recently, and I can't, I can't believe that. that really he's such a me. casual-looking player, but when he actually sprints, that guy has got pace, and mm. so there's the re- recovery element there. There's the kind of he's he, he's always been a very competent passer of the ball. Um, maybe not defensively in terms of in the air. I don't think he's as as good as yeah. you know as Luca maybe is, but maybe that's. I think we're gonna we're gonna see a, a change in how they're how they're kind of playing that to try and force teams not to go long so I don't know it's going to be really interesting but you're right I think I, I think Gyro will be starting against Chelsea and I, I imagine it's going to be a bit of a challenge for Luca to get back into the team I think uh, I think it's I don't know Rob is it his position to lose properly I guess given the way he's been in in pre-season so far I don't know I've all, I mean I think Gyro is clearly a very intelligent footballer but I, I've always had sort of I don't know something about him I don't know if it's the physical side of his game? Well, that, that, that sounds unfair saying, because I'm sure he is fairly physical. I don't know. I just, there's something about Gyro that does, makes, unsettles me a little bit sometimes. I, think, I don't know what it is. I but, think I, Gi- but he was very good against Watford. And in fact, someone tweeted or someone put in one of the groups. My memory is absolutely terrible at the moment, isn't it? Um, that, uh, that they took a Watford fan with them or a Watford fan went and they met up afterwards and they were all talking about how good Gyro was from the, others, from the away fans. So that's interesting. I think the problem that Gyro's had at Palace up to this point, up to maybe last season, is that there have been moments where he's kind of lost his concentration a little bit, and that is obviously going to be a concern. You need, if you've got someone who's playing that defensive shield, that kind of defensive midfield, and especially in Roy Hodgson's team, you needed a defence, a midfield that was very, very switched on defensively, especially. Um, I think Gyro's had moments of kind of blips where he hasn't quite being as focused as he needs to be but again we can't say from pre-season entirely and pre-season alone that that is going to be different but from what I've seen and from the game against Watford I thought he had a really I thought he looked really really strong Um, and it just makes it's just going to be it's going to be really interesting because I think as I say Crystal Palace fans I think Dom you'll probably find this just from what from from when you actually watch game when you're actually going to start watching matches competitively just the the approach is different. The the you know the whole tactic, the approach of trying to we're not we're not sitting deep trying to absorb what the opponents are going to bring in. It's it's more about pushing that element that battle into the midfield area, and it's going to be really interesting to see how that works with, especially with James MacArthur playing as well as he has been. I thought he was excellent against Watford and pre the prior game as well. Again, the caveat is they're all playing at what seventy odd. 80% of their typical kind of abilities and Watford could well have been playing at 50%. You know, it's the final preseason game. Don't take it too hard. We're going to, you know, we just want to get through this and make sure that we're all fit and ready to go. What happens on Saturday is going to be the key thing. And, and that's what we're going to be talking about, you know, on after the after the match on Saturday or Sunday. We're going to be discussing that in a, in a lot more detail. Thanks for listening. The full podcast is available at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.